Good evening. So blessed to have Brother Samuel from Malawi here, Africa. And a couple weeks ago, I had the privilege of, of sharing a meal with this precious brother, follower of Christ, and his friend David I met tonight. Great to have you with us tonight, sir. Pleasure to, to meet another brother in the faith. Pastors a church there in Malawi and over the years has held various crusades where people have responded to the gospel of Jesus Christ and as they've responded to the gospel of Jesus Christ churches have been planted in those areas and so there's around 13 churches that he oversees and um, yes let's give God the glory amen God is glorifying himself and magnifying himself through his servant uh, a very humble brother and um, one I don't want to embarrass you at all but um, I was told that he um, was wanting to come here and just clean the church servant of the Lord and he's going to come here tonight and um, and bring God's word, the power of prayer and fasting. Would you welcome Brother Samuel as he comes tonight? Hallelujah. Um, what a privilege to be here tonight by God's design through the man of God that let me come and take part in the service and share with you on prayer and fasting, which I believe you've been doing um, the whole of January, is it? Prayer. Prayer. In the month of January. Um, I don't want to waste much time, but I would like to honor the angel of the house for the opportunity to be able to share with you the little I can share tonight. And uh, thank you, Brother Nick and your wife for being a bridge to the pastor who, who didn't know me, but if it were not for you. So we thank God for you, Brother David. Thank you for being here and the rest of the leadership and the membership of this church. Um, I will not talk about our ministry because the pastor has already elaborated what we're doing in Malawi. But maybe just to add on to that, we also have an orphanage in Malawi. Um, the Lord led me and my wife to start feeding the street children first. And then in the course of that, the vision started to grow. And uh, we went ahead and bought some land so we could build on one side an orphanage, the other side a school for the orphanage. And so the Lord has seen us through the orphanage. And now we are headed for a school for the orphaned children because Islam is taking over the land. Um, as they open up schools and invite everybody for free. And I said, if they can take in students and Islamize them, we can also build a school and Christianize our people so they can grow in the faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Now, quickly, if you can turn with me to the book of St. Mark. Mark chapter number 9. 
we'll read from verse number 24. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried and rent him so, and came out of him, and he was as one dead, and so much that many said, he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he was come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could not we cast him out? And he said unto them, this kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. This is a very beautiful story that motivates us to, know, to understand better what prayer and fasting is because many times when leadership leads us into prayer and fasting, uh, I'm not just saying it here, but wherever people pray and fast, people tend to be very miserable How can I miss so many meals? Maybe for such a long time, uh, the body begins to complain. And uh, many people give up on prayer and fasting because they don't have a revelation. They don't understand what it means to pray and fast. Prayer and fasting, biblically, is more than a church or religious ritual especially to us that are born again, to us that are true followers of Jesus, prayer and fasting has a lot of meaning to our walk with the Lord. It, it accomplishes things that normal prayer would not. It brings victories that would not get otherwise. Um, and, and, and as we see it from the scripture just read to you today, Jesus was approached by a certain man who is not named in the scriptures, but this man had a child who had, was possessed by a dumb and deaf spirit. But as you see down the line, this child was, the spirit would attack him, and once it attacked him, it would cast him into the fire or into the waters. So you can see how terrible that spirit was. Demons are on a mission or are out to carry out the mission of the devil to steal, kill, and destroy. So again and again, this demon tried to kill this boy, casting him into the fire, cast him into the waters, but God always saved him. And so the father decided to bring that boy to the disciples because he knew Jesus did a lot of miracles. He healed the lame, he opened the blind eyes, he opened the deaf ears, he raised the dead. Now, Jesus was always found by, with these people, the 12 disciples. And no doubt this man thought of taking his boy to the disciples. He said, if Jesus can do this and they are in Jesus' company, then definitely they are able to do something on my son. So he brought 
his son to the disciples. And uh, the disciples could not cast out the devil. Uh, they tried to cast out the devil, but that devil could not go. So the father was confused and was still in desperation. Now he says, if they cannot cast out the devil, then I must go to Jesus himself. So he came to Jesus. And when he came to him and presented his case to Jesus, um, then as brought the boy, the Bible says the boy collapsed right in the presence of Jesus. When the demon saw Jesus, it erupted again and cast the boy to the ground. Instead of Jesus rushing on the boy, he asked the father, how long has this been? And the father said, from his childhood. And explained to Jesus what the demon has tried to do to his son. I know most of us here are parents. And you'd, you, you always wish well for your children. You always wish they were healed. You always wish they were saved. You always wish they were blessed by God. And that was the heart of this man. And so he explained to Jesus how long it has been and how much his boy has suffered. said, Jesus, if you can do anything for me, please help me. And uh, those of you that read scripture, we find that Jesus was ever ready to help. The Bible says in, in Acts chapter 10 verse number 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all them that were oppressed of the devil. So it was Jesus' good mission for humanity. He was always ready to help the needy. He was always ready to lift up somebody who was cast down. He was always ready to heal the impossible sicknesses. Situations, even raising of the dead. Uh, I'll talk on prayer and fasting. He was always ready. Now, this man says, if you can do anything for my child, please help me. And Jesus said, only believe. Only believe. I look at prayer and fasting, the power, the atomic power of prayer and fasting goes with faith. What we can pray over petitions. We can ask God, petition God for uh, prayer points like what we just prayed for. But there must be faith in you to be able to receive from God for what you pray for. Because there are times people pray. After praying, they are the first people to begin to complain again. After prayer, they are the first people to begin to say, I don't know how this is going to happen. Then why did you even pray? Why did you even ask God to intervene in your situation. There must be faith. So Jesus said, if only you can believe, the whole thing is in your court. The boy is in your court. If only you could believe, all things are possible. There's nothing impossible to him that believeth. And so this man knew he was face to face with an answer to, the, to his dilemma. And he said, Lord Jesus, Help my unbelief or add faith to what I have. And while he was conversing with that man, people started streaming to the place. And Jesus commanded that spirit. He commanded the dumb and deaf spirit to leave the boy. And the demon recognized Jesus and his authority and bowed to him, obeyed him. 
packed his things and left the boy. And, and people that came around thought the boy had died because that demon left and the boy for the first time received relief from Jesus Christ or deliverance rather, not relief. Because if I said relief, it was like it came back. But he received total freedom and he was like a dead person. And people thought he had died. Jesus reached out and touched him and lifted him up. And the man was revived and came back totally free and totally whole. Now, that amazed everybody. But the most amazed people were the disciples. They, they, now, something was going on in their minds. We've always gone with the Lord Jesus. We've watched him do miracles. And miracles are still happening from the time of Jesus. I mean, throughout the word of God. But I look at the ministry of Jesus. Wherever he went, miracles happened. Signs and wonders. And these people said, why? What was wrong with us? That we couldn't cast out this devil. All of us, the 12 people. You know, 12 people. They should have just pounced on the boy and cast out every spirit. But the whole number could not deliver the boy. And they didn't have an answer to their questions in their minds. What really happened? What's the difference between our prayer and Jesus' command? How, how come we couldn't cast out the devil? But they couldn't ask Jesus there. They couldn't say anything. And uh, every, every, Jesus left with the disciples and they went in privately to sit somewhere and, and talk. And then the whole bunch of those disciples came to Jesus and said, Master, please tell us, why couldn't we cast out that devil? You only spoke one word and the demon obeyed you. But our 12 voices could not cast out the devil. What was the problem? And that's where Jesus said, I tell you the truth today. Number one, he rebuked them for lack of faith. If you, you see up there, uh, before we get to this, I just made, made it short. But if you read from up there, you find Jesus rebuked them to be a generation that had no faith. Number one, faith is important. It's a very important ingredient if we are to see our prayer points answered, if we are to connect with heaven, faith is important. And so, number two, Jesus says to them, this kind of a demon or of a mountain, of a situation, can go out by, by nothing but by prayer and fasting. That's where prayer and fasting comes in. It can go out by nothing but by prayer and fasting. The, I, uh, when I read this, I, I, I tend to think in my mind that there could be different classes of demon spirits of, or mountains or situations in our lives as Christians that we encounter on daily basis. Some problems you can just clap your hands and they go. Some problems you can sing a song and they disappear. But there are certain situations, there are certain importunate situations which can go out by nothing but by prayer and fasting. When we pray and fast, we actually don't change God. We don't change God. We don't position God to a place where now he can answer our prayer. Prayer and fasting doesn't change God. God is always what has been all the time. He's a loving God. He's the almighty God. He's the powerful God. He, he's God that knows no mountain. He knows no failure. He knows no barrier. He can do anything. But God's problem is 
man whom he can cooperate with and do these great things in the earth. That's God's problem. We are a problem. We are the ones that need to pray and fast. And in that prayer and fasting, we are positioned in an angle where God can work through us unhinderedly. Where God can work through us unhinderedly. Where the gifts of the Spirit can operate through us unhinderedly. There are so many things that hinder us. There are so many things attached to the flesh that hinder us from seeing God, from seeing the power of God, from seeing the anointing of God, from seeing the miracles of God. Miracles are still in the Bible. Miracles must happen in the church today. Miracles. Conversions of the lost souls must happen today like they've happened in the previous revivals. Like they happened in the early church. After the the early church got baptized into the Holy Ghost and they were on fire for God and we see 3,000 souls saved. Those miracles must happen, continue to happen today. But the problem is we've we've changed the the setup. We've changed the setting of the church. Um, I went to one church and one of the members, a Pentecost church here in Rochester, and one of the members said to me, you know, here, we, we, in our church, we believe in prayer and fasting. You can be eating your food, but you can fast from wearing certain shoes. You can fast from watching certain programs on television or fast television. Well, that, that was the first time, and I, I, I scratched my head. I said, there are no fastings of not wearing certain shoes in the Bible. There are no fastings of wearing, not wearing certain clothes which you like in the Bible. Brethren, I, let me tell you, the word of God is the word of God in America, it's the word of God in Africa and elsewhere. It's our standard of living, our standard of righteousness. If we are to find God, we must go back to the roots of the word of God. We must go back to the word. Jesus fasted. He didn't fast from not wearing certain shoes. He fasted from eating He didn't eat food for 40 days and 40 nights. And there was power there. Because we see him, when he went to Jordan River to be baptized of John, he was baptized and the Holy Spirit, heaven opened and the Holy Spirit came on him in the form of a dove. And we hear from the word of God that the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness where he, he was there for 40 days and 40 nights. Tempted of the devil, but also prepared himself for ministry. In prayer and fasting, he came back well prepared, well backed. And when he came back, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to open the prison doors so the prisoners can walk free. Where did he get that anointing? He got it in prayer and fasting in the wilderness. It's a serious matter. Prayer and fasting is a serious matter. God does not just release his anointing. The anointing of the Holy Spirit for the impossible is expensive. There's a price attached to it. When you understand this, you pray and fast. When you understand this, you continue the trend of prayer and fasting seeking God because in prayer and fasting, the impossibles become possibles. This man here had this impossible situation. He didn't know what to do. All he was seeing was his son was going to die. And yet there was a solution 
in Jesus Christ. And Jesus says, this kind does not go out, but by prayer and fasting. There's power in prayer and fasting. And you that have been praying and fasting, there's power behind what you've been doing. There's a release coming into your life, which, and, and the breakthroughs which would not have gotten otherwise. There's power in prayer. Uh, when we pray, it's not enjoyable. When we pray and fast, when we pray and fast, looks like nothing is happening. The devil might come your way and begin to mock you and say your son is lost. Maybe that one is sick. Your relative is this and that. But keep on praying. As you pray in faith, a breakthrough will come. Number one, in prayer and fasting, church begins to grow because souls start getting saved. Are you listening to me? Hallelujah. Souls begin getting saved. There's, there's something that will begin to emit from you. Some people begin to receive conviction for the first time that they are, they are sinners. They walk in darkness. They need something that you have. And that only comes when people pray. We prayed for some people that need salvation here. Expect them to begin to come. Not just come to the church, but as you reach out to them, God begins to touch their lives. As we pray and fast, begin to reach out. Reach to your communities. Jesus did not say pray for souls to come. He says go ye into all the world. Now as we pray and fast, we are, we, we, we are positioned, we are impacted by the Spirit of God to go touch other souls. There are people, when you spoke to them previously, that did seem to like what you said or came less about what you said. But now, after prayer and fasting, the Holy Spirit will begin to convict them. The Holy Spirit, after convicting them and you lead them to the Lord, they'll follow you to church. And this church will begin to grow spiritually and grow uh, in number. Why? You reached out under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. This anointing is for so harvest, is for so winning. Prayer and fasting makes it powerful for you to reach out and for you to harvest. Number two, prayer and fasting releases spiritual gifts into our lives. Hallelujah. Oh, I forgot I'm in America. You don't, you don't, you don't respond. Hallelujah. You are wonderful people, really. But you don't respond. You simply nod your heads. I understand that. But you know, the gifts of the Spirit are here for the church. For you. You are candidates for the gifts of the Spirit. They were released by God for the church. And we begin to function in those gifts as we pray and fast. I look at us like this. We like the pipelines. If the pipe is full of stuff, you expect very little water come, come pass through the, the pipe because it's already loaded. But when you clean it up, water will come out depending on how on the diameter of that stuff, that, that pipe. So in the same manner, as we pray and fast, the flesh is subdued and we open up to the Spirit of God. When he begins to move in revival, in the church, he moves with the gifts of the Spirit. People begin to hear the voice of God. People begin to see visions. People begin to receive anointings. Some of you become preachers of the gospel. 
evangelists. You're just baying for the lost souls. Some of you, God will use you in administration in a very powerful way. Some of you, you lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover just like Jesus said. He said, believers shall lay hands on the sick in my name and, and the sick shall recover. You, some of you begin to cast out devils just like Jesus cast out devils. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I remember some years ago, I was, I was holding a crusade in one area of my country. And before the crusade, which was in the afternoon, I was in my room praying and seeking God. I was with a certain brother. And two ladies came, um, knocked on our door, and they came with a little baby. They said, please, our little baby is sick. Would you please pray for this little baby? I jumped up and opened Mark chapter 1, verse number 40, where Jesus healed a leper by touching that leper. And I, I opened that scripture. I wanted them to believe God, to stand on the word of God, to know it's God's will to heal the sick. Now, as I was sharing the word, one of the ladies erupted, manifested a demon. And the demon spoke exactly as it spoke to Jesus. He said, we know you. Where do you want us to go? And I got confused for a moment. I said, this sister has always known me. Why is she saying she knows me today? And the Holy Spirit reminded me, it's a demon spirit and doing exactly as it did to Jesus. When he stepped on the land of the Gagasans, the demon said, we know you. So we stopped praying for the little girl, the little baby, and began to cast a demon, a, devil, a, 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 a demon out of that lady. And we prayed for her and the Lord helped her. The Lord delivered her. I learned my lesson that what happened in the Bible will happen again today as we begin to walk in the anointing of the Spirit. We can heal the sick. The sick must start getting healed. We can cast out devils. We can destroy witchcraft. Some people under the spell of witchcraft may come to our church. It's not time to run away and seek for cover. It's time to rise up and command the dumb and deaf spirit or the unclean spirit or the spirit of witchcraft to live and the people, those people shall get delivered, shall be set free. Hallelujah. It's all attached to the, to the power of prayer and fasting. I remember, was it last year or two years ago? Two years ago, I was preaching in one church in Rochester and one woman, I don't know, the Lord just ushered him to the service where I was preaching. But here's the story as I close. This woman went from church to church wanting to be prayed for. But every pastor who realized this woman had a demon spirit, they kicked her out of the church for fear of the demons spreading on everybody, which is nowhere found in the Bible that demons can spread on people like butter on bread. So she heard me preach. I said, Jesus saves. Jesus heals. And Jesus delivers. After everything, I prayed for the sick and there were some people that got healed. But this woman walked straight to us. He was there. She said, my mother put, uh, I don't know how she put it, put a spell of witchcraft when she was still young. But the mother is dead and that demon keeps tormenting her. And she said, I've been from church to church seeking help. Every pastor pushes me away. And uh, she said, but I came here and whatever you said, 
I believe you're the right person to help me. And I said, Mama, this is not a problem. It's not a problem because of me. It's not a problem because Jesus said, we will cast out devils. And before long, she screamed and the demon left. And she started speaking tongues. She got baptized into the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about any pastor. This is not just for the clergy. This is for every believer in Christ. You can do it. You can walk in this power. I can tell you testimonies upon testimonies of what the Lord God has done in our ministry. I can tell you today, as you pray and fast, don't just look at the period you're praying and the petitions. Go beyond that. You have a ministry in this place. God has brought you here for a ministry. You are the hands of Jesus, the mouth of Jesus, the feet of Jesus, the everything of Jesus. When you lay hands on the sick, the hand of Jesus comes on your hand and miracles happen. When you command things to change, the power of God will change the situations in the lives of the people. That's why as we pray and fast, there's an empowerment that comes. And as we pray and fast, read the word of God. Stand on the word of God. Let it build your faith. Let it build you up. And when you speak the word of God over situations, the power behind the word of God will act on the problem and you'll see breakthroughs begin to come. I encourage you today. I encourage you today. Get hold of prayer and fasting in your life with understanding. This kind can never go out but by prayer and fasting. You've been praying and fasting. You may not feel it in your body like malaria, but you can believe it with your heart that your prayers are going through to God and God's anointing is upon your life. Act on any situation. We shall come back with sheaves of rejoicing in the name of Jesus. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor, once again for the opportunity.